You guys, I'm so excited about this episode. I have with me a guest, Nadine Krill. If you are on TikTok, you may have her on your For You page. I hope so. She is spreading so much light into the world, and we are going to have a shame-free conversation about sex, finding your voice, and why it is never too early or too late to chase what sets your soul on fire. Oh, get ready. I'm excited. Hey, my name is Katie Bulmer. I was your typical heartbroken and hungover sorority girl who looked for love in boys, Bacardi, and did I mention boys? After the breakup that broke me, I met the only man who can truly fulfill me. His name is Jesus. Shortly after that, I met my husband, the best example I have met of Jesus on this earth. Today, I have never been more sure I am right where I'm supposed to be on a mission to help today's young women find their life calling, stop dating dirtbags, and basically just be who I needed when I was younger. I've been called a big sis, an adopted mom, or my favorite title, a cool aunt. But however you think of me, get ready to be challenged and encouraged. This is the Truth For Your 20s podcast. Hey friends, my name is Katie and this is Truth For Your 20s podcast. I have with me my friend Nadine Krill. Hi Katie, thank you so much for having me. This is such an honor. You're so awesome. Well, we had a conversation on your podcast a couple weeks ago all about dating and it was just such a fun conversation. It was like, we have more to say. Like we we need to talk more. <laughs> So that's essentially what we're doing here, right? Yeah. You have such good advice. And man, just anytime anyone asks me about dating advice now, I always refer back to what you say. Are you who you want to marry? Preach. Yes. Yeah. I know. The original quote I got from Annie Stanley is, are you who you're looking for is looking for. But um, that makes people cross their eyes sometimes like, wait, what? But yeah, essentially, our, another way I heard it was, would you marry yourself? Now, not of course, like yourself, yourself, but would you marry the type of person that you are right now? It like, it steps on your toes and it's also challenging, you know? It definitely is. And the original quote too makes you really sit back and pause and reflect on it. So I get why he worded it like that. Yeah, it's good. It's so good. But anyways, tell everyone a little bit about what you're doing now, and then we'll talk about how you got there. Yeah, so my name is Nadine, like Katie said, and I am 22, living right outside D.C. in Northern Virginia. I am a senior at George Mason. Thank goodness this is my last semester of undergrad. And right now I have a few different, at first I called them passion projects, but now I feel like this is more where God is leading me. So in the social media ministry kind of pathway. So I have a podcast, a YouTube channel, my TikTok, and then my Instagram are my main forms of communication with all that. And you're busy with those things. You're like firing out some content, girl. Yeah, I am. I also was working almost full-time last semester and for the past few months. So that job has ended so I can focus on school and the social media ministry. And then I'm also doing an internship with Ashley from The Honey Scoop, which is awesome. Oh, I didn't know that. Yay. Mm -hmm. Ashley was on our podcast as well. I'll have to look back on what episode number, but I loved having her on. She's so fun. I just genuinely enjoy being honestly in front of a camera now because that was something I had an issue with for a long time was being comfortable with the voice that God gave me and who God made me to be because I was just really insecure, I think, growing up as a dancer and all of that. And I just didn't 
I was just really insecure with the physical side of me more so than my, my brain, if that makes sense. Oh, we're going to have to unpack that. (laughs) (laughs) I think that you just touched on so many people's pain points and okay, we're going to have to unpack that, but tell me how you got to be doing what you're doing now. You mentioned you're a dancer. So tell me your background. Yeah. So I grew up going to Catholic church for the first like seven years of my life. And then my family moved over to a non-denominational church. And I grew up in that one, went on mission trips, was involved in the children's ministry, all of that good stuff. And then, you know, life happens, middle school, high school. I did not have that firm foundation in God because I knew of him, but I didn't really have that personal relationship through Jesus. And So I allowed myself to fall into some sticky situations and just really fall away from God. My parents got a divorce when I was in my last few years of high school, first few years of college, because in Virginia, it legally takes a year. So that was pretty difficult. But then I went across the country to school for my first two years. I was like partying, trying to numb the pain with all of that. And then eventually I found my way back to God slowly but surely when I came back to Virginia And then I got into a toxic relationship because I was still trying to find my worth in boys and God. You can't do both, by the way. I've tried. And then when that blew up in my face, I started to just, I guess, like make my way slowly back to God. I feel like a lot of times we envision like this genie moment where God snaps his fingers and everything magically changes. But for me, it was about a year long process where God had to really refine me until I remember it was July 4th weekend this past summer where I said, okay, God, I'm done. I need you to destroy this thing in my life with fire. So I only want you. And that sin in my life that was really separating me from God was a validation in guys. I think my genie moment (laughs) was in July, but it took a long time to get there. Yes. I have so many questions. This is so good. Worth in boys, not in Jesus. That like that is everything. That is what I talk about all the time. That is what I did too. I, you know, the lie of Cinderella, uh, a glass slipper and a handsome guy is all I need for all of my tomorrows to be filled with rainbows and sunshine. But essentially I'm asking another flawed human being to fix me, to complete me. And that is untrue and unfair. And I learned that the hard way. It sounds like you did too. Mm -hmm. Walk me through your experience. I'm just going to preface this by saying I had been in some situations where, you know, like there was a lot of alcohol involved and like it wasn't necessarily consensual with some things that happened to me. So I, the way I dealt with that was I would try to hook up with as many guys as I can because I couldn't control that one situation. So I was like, oh, I can control this. And I think that's something that we don't talk about a lot is what happens on the other spectrum of when you go through um, sexual assault or something like that. I was just trying to like figure out my worth and my validation in that. And when I got into my toxic relationship, I think it was like two, three years ago, I just was not in a healthy space. And I think we can often like blame toxic relationships on one other person, but it takes two to be in that situation. And it, you know, it really takes two to walk away from it as well. And so while I walked away from that one guy that I was in that really toxic relationship with, I still was trying to find my validation in dating apps and all of this and like whatever guy would give me attention until I finally had to sit alone in quarantine and God was like, okay, what's up? Like, what's going on with your heart? Why, why do you not think that you have value? Because I made you. So no matter what you do have value. 
I was involved with a guy from my church. And then I remember on that July 4th weekend, my pastor was saying something about how, you know, repentance includes asking God to destroy that sin that's separating you from him with fire. And I was like, okay, God, you know what? Fine. I'm going to pray this. I don't know that I necessarily believe it. I think I'm fine. I think I can live half trying to find my validation in whatever boy of the month I'm with and also with you. And then God did something really funny. People say he doesn't have a sense of humor, but I think he does because this guy texted me and he was like, hey, by the way, um, I downloaded Tinder, so this is going to need to stop. (laughs) First of all, Tinder in a pandemic, off the bat, problematic. Secondly, like the fact that the Tinder app icon is fire. I was like, okay, God, you have a sense of humor. Fine. (laughs) I'm all in. So wait, he says, I'm downloading Tinder, so we're done. Like he just wants to go like hook up or something. Yeah. Yeah. What? Okay. Like, mm-hmm. thank you. What the heck? Okay. Fire. There you go. Boom. Yep. Oh my and gosh. Okay. Sorry. Keep going. No, you're good. And so obviously I was upset about this. I'm laughing about it now, but I was not then, you know, but that's what really just launched back into my relationship with God. I was like, clearly I can't do both of this. That was when I said, okay, I am no longer using my body to find my worth. I am going to find my worth in God and that's it. Oh, put it on a billboard. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. There's so much to unpack here. And this is a important conversation. Mm-hmm. And you know, you you walked that road. You have looked for validation in boys. And and this is so common. And I was that girl too. And so many girls are are convinced or or maybe searching or whatever it may be. Okay, but if the right guy says I'm pretty, or if I work harder to be prettier, or work harder to be more liked, or, or whatever it may be, and get the most likes on the apps and mm-hmm. Instagrams or whatever, then maybe I will be happy. Then maybe I will be fulfilled. And I don't know the the most prettiest, the most liked, the most popular, which is so interesting if you think about it, right? Look at celebrities, you know, the millions of dollars, the fans, the everything, a lot of them are suicidal, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So if that's our example, then clearly we're missing something. So your experience is, forgive me for saying it this way, but this is, this was my experience and what I heard, like trading a part of my body for love. Maybe if I give this, they will love me. Is that what I'm understanding. That's absolutely true. I was doing things for love instead of from love because my entire life I thought I had to earn my place. Like I never felt like I actually belonged or I was worth it. Even when, you know, I was younger going to church because I didn't have that actual relationship with God. And I think that's a lie that we're sold that we have to do something in order to be validated. Like I was listening to your episode from January 25th, where you were talking about marketing and all of that and how it's just a lie that's sold. And so we assume that it's correct because we don't dig deeper. And I don't know, it's just, it's not worth it to live life being numb to everything. And then it's also just exhausting trying to put on this facade that I belong here. Like, let me prove my worth to you. Like that's we were not created for that. Like Jesus did not come down, die on a cross and then defeat death for me to just, I don't know, like not live my life. Yeah. And then also live your life in fear and am I good enough and questioning your worth? I mean, isn't that like at the root of it? If this guy likes me then, or if I'm popular enough then, and, and what is then? And where, who's, where, where is the line of enough? If no one ever yeah. knows, then how do we know if we got there? Absolutely. Yeah. It's just chasing nothing. Yeah. Okay. So you're chasing nothing. And then what? <laughs> 
And then, I don't know, it just I just got so exhausted of all of that. And I was like, there has to be something better. And what honestly, I think we miss out on a lot. Like I was saying earlier, we expect like this just one moment thing. We come back to God, like he's not a genie, you know, he's, he's our good father. And I don't know, like any relationship, it's not going to be perfect. And it's definitely not going to be strong right off the bat, which is why you have to spend time and like get to know someone slowly. And I think that's a sign of a healthy relationship too, is like, instead of it being all this, like, you know, we hear all the time, oh, young Christians are on fire for Jesus, but then it, you know, fizzles out after like a few months or a year or so. And like how to keep that fire going because it is important to, you know, rekindle the fire. And for me, what it was that got me coming back to God was honestly, I was just like so sad after my breakup that I could only listen to worship music and sermons. Like that was it. Otherwise I would start to cry. So that was a little seed that was planted. And then with that breakup too, all of my friendships just fell away because they were mostly from this relationship or like I also wasn't in a healthy space. So I didn't have stronger friendships outside of that relationship, which I think is a pretty big sign of a toxic relationship. If you don't have friends that are separate from both of you when you're younger and just dating, like, I don't know about marriage. Like I haven't been there yet, but I'm assuming it's kind of probably around the same thing. Like your friends should be able to see what's going on and like have a heart to heart with you. Yeah, for sure. I developed this quiz, how to know if you should let him go. And when I was developing it, I put out on like Instagram, you know, what do you think are some red flags, Instagram world, you know? And, uh, mm-hmm. and that was something that came up a lot is if they are so controlling that you don't have a life outside of them or they, you know, dictate your every move. And I'm like, I, yeah, I could see that being a problem. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it's subtle, right? Like calling your friends weird or just like little subtle jabs at your close friends too. So then you're slowly like, Hmm, well maybe they are because I so value this relationship that I'm just going to take stock in everything that they say, which newsflash, don't do that. I hope you are loving this conversation as much as I am, but I want to let you know real quick, I have a dating plan. So the way I always say it is an architect makes a blueprint before they ever break ground and a business owner has a budget before the next fiscal year. Why in the world are beautiful women walking into potentially one of the biggest decisions of their life, a dating relationship with no plan. So I have three resources to serve you. I have a free quiz with over 3000 participants to date. I also have a $5 PDF, just something to print out and take to heart what matters to you, write it down in a dating plan and a super affordable $29 course. Most girls that tell me is the best hour spent. We invest in so much when it comes to our health, our beauty, our education, but what about relationships? Taking time to learn what matters to you in a dating relationship by making a dating plan. You can find all the info at my link in bio on my Instagram or heading to my website at katiebulmer.life. One thing I want to talk about is having this shame-free conversation as it relates to sex in the Christian context, because so often, you know, it is, it is put in this box of purity culture. And that is not what you're trying to communicate. You're trying to communicate. I've, I've been down this road and mm-hmm. it is lonely and it did not serve me. And again, you're chasing the wind, right. Or chasing, what'd you say? <laughs> like whatever. Yeah. Chasing nothing, but chasing, chasing the wind nothing. Is, yeah. Yeah. And running at full speed. Right. And that's how, mm-hmm. you know, that's how I was too, man. It's such a, it's such a beautiful, important conversation that 
not enough people are having. And first of all, kudos to you with your 22 year old self talking about this on the interwebs. (laughs) Well, I think a really important lesson has been too, is that, you know, I get to decide what and who actually speaks back into my life. Like we're bombarded constantly with so many opinions and whatever else, just junk in general. And so that's when it's important too, to be able to walk with Jesus and know like, Hey, this is a discernment that says, yes, this should be speaking back into your life or maybe ignore this Yahoo on the internet, like, and just pray for them (laughs) instead of engaging. It's, it's who I wanted to be when I was younger. I so badly needed that mentor. That's like, Hey, listen, life is rough, but I'm going to help walk you through some of these things. Because when I was younger, yeah, my mom told me, oh, you know, don't have sex until you're married. And I was like, okay, well, all my friends had sex by like 13 or 14. I am way behind, which no, uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh, no. So, you know, it's just what lies are you believing over the truth? Oh, well, can we talk about that too? (laughs) Yeah, of course. (laughs) Because, yeah, I mean, social norms – are are important and what we define as quote everyone. Now, first of all, I, I'm curious the reality because a lot of times we think quote everyone is doing it, but actually statistics show it's less than you think. So it's not everyone as it seems. But did you really think how how did you how did you navigate that as a 13, 14 and an older high schooler student? Well how did I navigate it? Well, I was very much finding my validation in other people still, what they thought of me, all of that. And because I was super insecure. I just, I wanted a boyfriend so badly. And my friend group that I was around, genuinely, I think at least three or four of the girls, and this was a small high school, right? It was my graduating class was around 130 kids. They were sexually active. And so I thought I was just super behind on the game, which also it's not a game. And so by the way, just a side note, if someone wants to play games in order to be in your life, let them go. There's no need. There's no need for that. If you want to play a video game, turn on your Nintendo Switch or whatever. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just that's why it's so important about who you're surrounding yourself with and who you're letting speak in your life. And I'm not saying that anyone that I was friends with was a bad person, right? We all have our own struggles, but it's especially important to guard your heart. And so should you stop being friends with people because they're doing activities that maybe you don't agree with, or, you know, maybe they're not believers. No, you shouldn't not be friends with those people. How else are they going to get to know God? But you need to be able to then also have a tight knit circle. That's going to lead you closer to Jesus. And you need to be strong willed enough. It's not even like your own free will. It's just, are you walking with the spirit of discernment or not? So just like, again, it goes back to having your firm foundation in God And yeah, while I know it definitely wasn't everyone, like you were saying on your other podcasts about how, oh, everyone's getting married and engaged and having babies. Like, no, it's not really everyone. But, you know, proximity is so, so key to your worldview and then where you place your values and where you place your worth. I remember when we moved from a small town, I never would have thought that I felt this way but I did. I thought that my small town was the world and it sounds so dumb, but, but we, a lot of people, we fall into that. We fall into this circle of human beings that surround me are my world. And that's so finite. And then when we moved five hours away, it was like, huh, (laughs) turns out there is a much bigger world out there. And gosh, when you take an even more zoomed out view, think about 
different time zones and different languages. And there's so much more to the people you go to high school with or the people in your immediate friend group. And, and, and I get that it feels like your world and that is normal thinking, but that is a very finite view. And just remembering that there are other people who feel like you feel, even if you currently don't see it. Absolutely. And same with college too, right? Like it just with the culture of college. And I guess now it's a little bit different because of zoom and everything online, but at least when I was actively in college and I still am, but I think of my college years as, you know, when I was out in San Diego, all my friends were hooking up with guys and we were just partying on the weekends. And like, I was not sober for a huge part of college. Your worldview is your worldview, but it's not like the world. A lot of people think that God says this rule to keep us from having fun or to, Mm -hmm. because he's holding out on us. And that, then you finally realize maybe he has our best interest at heart. Maybe he's saying that not to steal from us, but actually to give to us. I always think about my children and how it's like, I don't want anything from them, but I want the best for them. And so God's not saying, Hey, don't, you know, shack up with people because I don't want you to have fun. Like I want you to have ultimate fun. I want you to have the best fun, but Mm -hmm. this is a fragile and complicated gift. And I, I know the depth to which it can bond people and also the depth to which it can scar. And I, and I care about you and I want to protect you. Yeah, it has been. And I think another part of it is I, I feel like the Christian community can have a way of making you feel like less worthy of God's love. If you've had sex or less worthy of God's love, if you know, you're struggling with any sort of sin that has to do with sex and they make sin into this dirty word, which yeah, it is, but more so it's just separation from God. And God has created sex to allow us to be more intimate, honestly, with him, because it's the most intimate thing you can do with another person on this planet, because then they have access to your body fully, to your soul fully, to your mind fully. It's not that, you know, God is like withholding this thing from you. And I hate the present analogy, but you know, if you know what the present is before Christmas, you're like, okay, whatever. Like, so what? But here's the good thing about God is he redeems and restores everything. So, you know, yeah, I had sex before marriage and it took me a long time to understand that it was because that I am valuable to God and because I want to serve God better. And I know if I am chasing after boys and spending my time worried about you know, oh, who am I going to hook up with this weekend? Or what does this guy think of me? Then I'm going to have less time to love God and love my neighbor like he called me. And you know what? Like truly, you could listen to a million podcasts and sermons and read all the books about, you know, sex and purity and, you know, sex culture and the church and all of that. But at the end of the day, if you do not have that relationship with God, it's not going to get through to you. Like you're not going to get it. Yeah. So that's why I think it's so important. You have to have that base work like that strong foundation before you can dive into those more complicated topics. Like we try to overcomplicate our faith all the time. At the end of the day, it's do I want Jesus more than anything else? So yes. And I think the conversation that isn't being had by the church, or at least I'm not hearing it is this isn't save yourself for marriage. And if you didn't goodbye, like that, I know this is, I don't care what happened yesterday. I care about what happens tomorrow. And Mm -hmm. I, you know, again, I don't care what happened last spring break. Like, where are you going from here? And, you know, you, you walk through, um, it sounds like a lot, you know, some your choice and some not your choice. And I'm sure Mm -hmm. that is just so much to take in, but 
that was yesterday. <laughs> and yeah. look at what you are writing for your tomorrow. It's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, God is so good. He redeems and he writes the best stories better than we can ever think of ourselves. And and that's that's my story too. You know, I um mm-hmm. I wasn't a virgin um at all before I got married and my husband was and he waited for me and I would have told you on paper that that mattered to me and this is again why I'm um passionate about this message because I would have told you that mattered but my teenage self didn't act that way and so again yeah. those good intentions eat my action steps for breakfast and so how am I behaving not just how am I intending and um and it, but then, you know, as we said, God restores and redeems and makes all things new. And that was part of our proposal story. Like Brian um, had all these little stations set up and oh. one of them was a basin of water. And um, he had like little cards laid out and one of them and the basin of water said, um, wash your hands in this water. This to me pu- um, signifies your purity in Christ. You're a new creation to me. Um and go to the stairs for your next clue. So it was like all these different. So cute. (laughs) I know. So he always saw me as a new creation, but I had to see myself as that new creation to be, um, to be new in his eyes, to be worthy in his eyes. And, um, it was way harder for me than anyone else to see the new creation. And that's why I'm so passionate about this message. We think of physical intimacy as the only form of intimacy, but there's mental, emotional, spiritual, and, you are so much more than just your physical body. Like, I don't know anyone that would argue that point. And so when we say that hookup culture is fine, but you're more than just your body. Don't you want to be known for who you are much more deeper than that? Don't you want to be known for the good and the bad and the ugly of you and what you stay awake dreaming at night about and your hopes and dreams, all of the beautiful sides of you because there's so much more than just your body. Yeah, that's good. And then like, what do you bring with you after you die? Not your body. That's for sure. Yeah. Ashes to ashes. So, you know, you're never going to find validation in something that started from ashes. So, and you have an amazing 20 year old body now, but that's also going to fade, you know, even, even on this earth. So that, that is such a finite part of who you are. It's a beautiful part that we see, but you know, there's so much more to you than just your body. So, oh man. Are, are we changing the world right now? This I think so. <laughs> and I love what you're doing because my life took a 180 my senior year in college, like where you are now. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say it's a regret, but one of the things I kind of wish I would have done sooner is doing everything I'm doing then um, because that's when I learned oh my gosh, there is a different way to do college life. Oh my gosh, it turns out a boyfriend can't complete me. You know, oh my gosh, it doesn't matter how much tequila you drink. It's never going to fill all your broken places. And I I wish I would have gone back and shared my story then, but I got caught up in who are you? And, you know, they're not going to believe you. And those are the same girls who you partied with and did, you know, questionable things on spring break with. So you said this in the mm-hmm. beginning, but I'd love for you to unpack you finding your voice because that's a huge deal on what you're doing right now. And so many women, especially young women, struggle with that. Yeah. So I think it's a lot of different things. Growing up, I had, well, I still have ADHD, but it was undiagnosed. And in girls, it presents as you're just really social and outgoing and you don't stop talking. So I'd always get in trouble <laughs> for talking too much. Teachers would move me around. It literally didn't matter mm-hmm. who I was next to. I would find a reason to talk to the person next to me. Over the years, I started to just stop using my voice because I was like, well, I don't like the reaction I get when I do use it. 
or sometimes I'd be a little bit too loud and I would get looks. Just my entire identity, I feel like I just hated myself for so long. Like my name is not a typical name for someone in my area, like Nadine. I just, I used to get, I still even get like some a little bit like mm, racist comments and just, you know, like, oh, what a weird name. Um, so I didn't like that. I so badly wanted to change my name to like Katie or Anna or Abby when I was younger. And, you know, I think that was a huge part of who I am too. And I just didn't have the confidence that, you know, there's a reason that God gave me a voice and it's not to let it go to waste. And, you know, I did end up taking some communications classes in college and I, I genuinely love speaking and that's a passion of mine but I didn't feel like I was qualified to do it. You know, like you were saying, oh, well, who are you to speak? Like who would believe you, what you had to say? You know, would it be of any quality? Would anyone even take away from it? And here's the thing, unless you try, you'll never know. And it's really not that big of a deal if it doesn't take off. And it's not even failure because at least you tried. I think failure is more so just not even trying, but yeah, just, I always thought my voice was annoying hearing it back in recordings and all of that. And that was just something I had to get over because at the end of the day, if God has given you something to say and it lines up with his character and, you know, there are mentors in your life telling you, yeah, you should use your voice, then you should use your voice. Yeah. Okay. So how did that start for you? It started off with TikTok. I didn't tell any of my friends that I was on TikTok for a while. And then It turned more into this summer because I live right outside of DC, just seeing all the protests and just how badly I think our generation wants to be heard, but we don't really want to listen to. I think that's a big part of it because I had spent so long listening and just so long not speaking my mind because I was afraid of what other people would say. But so I think it's definitely, there's a fine line between, am I just speaking loudly just to speak or do I have something of value to add to the conversation? And am I humble enough to listen and learn from people who might've walked before me or have a different path than I do? That kind of drew me into doing my podcast. Again, I, I liked the idea of a podcast because you didn't have to see me. And, you know, a huge thing too, is I didn't like being seen because I didn't think I had value in that, which, you know, stems from just childhood stuff too. So that started the podcast and then I got really positive feedback from people. Obviously, some people are never going to like what you put out there and they're, you know, that's just on them. That's not a reflection on you. But for the most part, I was like, okay, if this is helping people and I hear so often on my TikToks too, girls will ask me for advice and they'll be like, oh, well, I wish you had longer videos because I really like what you have to say or I'll be just, you know, encouraging one of my friends and they're like, you know, a lot more people probably need to hear this. Why don't you start a YouTube channel or something? And that was something I'd thought about honestly for years, but I just didn't have a reason to. And when I say years, I mean like back in middle school, I was like, oh my gosh, this YouTube channel, this would be so cool to do, but I don't even know what I would talk about. And then God said, here I am, I'm your reason. So now you're on lots of platforms, social media, podcasting and and YouTube that that's awesome. And essentially, what would you like tie, you know, say your, your mission is? Yeah. So my mission is really just helping other young women and girls find their firm foundation in Jesus, because once you have that firm foundation, then nothing can shake you truly. And I don't mean, you know, the going to church on Sundays, listening to a worship song here and there, or having a pretty Pinterest Bible journal. I mean, a real raw relationship with Jesus. Like, 
do you know who he is and how loved you are by him and how just how intentional he was in making you. And, you know, when you truly know that, like that's, that's what love is. And then you shift your mindset from doing things for love to doing them. Hey, I know I'm loved. I'm secure in that. And so I'm going to go out there and I'm going to love the people that God made the best I can. And I don't mean like you make yourself a doormat or anything, but you know, you are called to love your neighbor and you, you don't get to choose which neighbor you're called to love everyone. And you don't get to choose which, which neighbor. That's good. And I love what you said. You do things Mm -hmm. uh, not for love, but from love. So your, your younger self Mm -hmm. was looking for love in all the wrong boys, right? (laughs) In all the wrong parties. And and now you're doing things from love. That is powerful. With social media too, it can be really easy to get sucked into that validation. So a huge thing that I'm learning right now is discipline with that because I'm looking more into creating that ministry and making it kind of my job at this point, which has helped me overcome that hurdle of validation and like how many likes I'm getting and all of that. So that has really helped me to look at it and create, okay, I'm going to be on Instagram from this hour to this hour today. And that's it. Like yesterday, I didn't reach my one hour on Instagram until like 11 PM, which honestly I shouldn't even been on my phone at that point. But you know, discipline is a huge part of actually wanting to grow. Yes. Because you can say you want to grow and then just not act on it. Preach. I always say action steps, eat good intentions for breakfast. That's so good. You know, you can say you want to grow in your relationship with faith. Cool. Like when's the last time you opened your Bible? When's the last time you reached out for accountability? You can say you want to run a marathon. Cool. When's the last time you put on your running shoes and got out there and actually trained, you know, saying you want to do something is, is I can say any, any day I want to be a professional athlete great, but uh, (laughs) not going to happen right now, you know? So there's so many things. That's just lip service, but your action steps Mm -hmm. are what matters. Yeah, for sure. Okay. To the girl listening, who's like, well, this sounds interesting, but Nadine, you're beautiful and you have a compelling story. I'm just a regular girl and I don't think I have anything to say. Like, what would you say to her? You're not just a regular girl. You are made in the image of God, right? It says in Genesis, I believe it's chapter one, verse 27, he made man and woman in his image. And to the second piece, okay, you know what? Your ministry is right where you are. So maybe your ministry is just loving yourself like God loves you. And then you'll learn to be able to love your mom a little bit better or your roommate or your little brother or your older sister or your coworker even, or maybe that annoying kid in your Zoom lecture right? Like you, you just yeah. have to love people right where they are. And if God is giving you a voice, start small. Like yeah. it's very rare that someone just has a huge, just like a huge ending. And, you know, if you want to think about it, think of Moses, right? He didn't want to use his voice and God had to keep on coming back to me. Like, why won't you use this? Like, fine, I'll give you this resource and this resource. And it would have been just so much easier if Moses had just said yes from the beginning. I mean, obviously there were lessons in that and we can learn from it today still, but man, just say yes. And even if you don't fully believe that God's going to move in your life, pray it because he answers those prayers, whether or not you fully believe them. And you're going to start walking in those promises that God has for you, which are good. And yes, and amen. And Jesus. I'm so glad you said Moses, because I, I wrote this down in my notes to go over and I almost forgot. And this is like, Oh my gosh. Okay. This is so good. So this is probably two years ago and I heard this message and it like freaking rocked my world. And I feel like you are such a living testament to this. And 
it's going to rock someone else's world too. Okay. So the story of Moses, he, like before he parts the Red Sea, he's holding a staff and essentially God's like, you know, he's looking at this sea, uh, like imagine you looking at the ocean and God's like, yeah, I want you to get to the other side. And you're like, um, yeah, but, but there's a, an ocean, there's a big sea. So (laughs) what's the plan here? And God's like, what's in your hand? And all that was in his hand was a staff. And with that staff, he parted, I'm going to cry. He parted the Red Sea. And to, when I heard that message, I was like, what's in my hand? Um, the way that the message was delivered to me is that it was a girl sharing it. And she said, when I heard that message, I thought in my hand is a pen. And she started writing thank you notes and encouraging letters just to people she knew. Like, I just want to let you know that I see in you, you know, a leader and you are important to me. And she just started writing encouraging notes to people that she knew, which turned into a blog post, which turned into a ministry and turned into all the incredible things she's doing now. And when I heard that, I was like, what's in my hand is a phone. Mm -hmm. And that phone has all the apps you can need to record yourself and empower a generation. Like you said, um, like you're doing now and Holy cow, what can we do with what is in our hands? And that may mean a million different things for you. What's in your hand. And, and that's all you're responsible for. No one's asking anyone on the other end of this conversation to go and like start a nonprofit and, save 9 million slaves or something, but what's in your hand? What's that next step? And that is what leads us to the incredible things from there. That's so good. And also, you know, I was listening to a great podcast with Noah Heron yesterday morning. He was saying, not everyone is called to be a leader. We're called to make disciples and be disciples. And so, you know, you don't need a huge platform. The The point of yeah. the gospel is that Jesus came down to have a relationship with you and with me. And so if you can just have a relationship and imagine if everyone who believed in and knew Jesus and loved him had that relationship that led one more person to Jesus, the world would be so much better. So, you know, just being intentional with everyone right in front of you and like slowing down because our world is so fast paced. And yeah, just that one person. And so many people are saying, oh, well, I'll let the pastor do it. I'll let so-and-so do it. Mm -hmm. But you were the one in that relationship. You were the one with that voice. You were the one with that story that they need to hear and that that needs to be shared. So you are just as qualified as anyone else. Absolutely. Nadine, I could talk to you for three more days, but I would love for you to share if you could have coffee with your 20 year old self, what would you say? Okay. Yeah. If I could have coffee with my 20 year old self, just, I would honestly ask her like, girl, what are you doing? Like, why, why are you doing this? And then I would say to her, you need to figure it out. Like, you need to just take this moment and figure out who God has called you to be and who you are in Him. Because everything else is not working. You've tried it for 20 years. Give, you know what? Give Jesus the wheel. Oh my gosh, I love that. Yeah, so often we think we got this and we don't need help and we can do it on our own. And and that's adorable. You know, Mm -hmm. I I think of um, how just being a mom, you know, and my kids, especially when they're younger, like I can do this all by myself. Like my two year old niece, we were trying to convince her to take a nap one time and she was determined, no, 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 I'm not going to take a nap. And like, well, if you don't take a nap, you can't go swimming. She's like, that's fine. I'll just stay here by myself. Yeah, that's a great idea. A two-year-old staying at the house by themselves. Sure, what could go wrong? But that's how we are sometimes. We're like, nope, I got this. And I often think that 
you know, God's like a good father, like, Oh, look that look at that. Katie, Katie thought she could do it all by herself again. That's so cute. (laughs) Absolutely. Maybe we don't have all the answers. Maybe we are children who have, who has a good father and he wants our best interest at heart. Amen. So, okay. Give a shout out for your YouTube channel and podcast and all that good stuff. Okay. Yeah. So if you want to find me on YouTube this month in February, I'm doing a relation chips and dip series where we just dive into a few practical relationship questions that I've gotten on Instagram that I've gotten a lot on TikTok, and I try to answer them as best I can, you know, like a big sis chat. And on my podcast, you can search 414, like the Bible verse, Esther 414 on Spotify, Apple, wherever you might find podcasts. And it's a podcast geared towards helping, you know, 20 somethings, maybe a little bit younger, maybe a little bit older, but figure out where your passions and purpose align. And then all my other apps are at Nadine Krill for TikTok and Instagram. Yay. Thank you so much, Nadine, for being here. I love your voice. I love what you're doing. And I'm over here cheering you on, sister. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. I love you so, so much, Katie. You're awesome. Everything I do started with having coffee dates with my younger friends. And this podcast I like to imagine is just that, you and I having a coffee date. And if it went by too quickly for anyone else besides just me, there are plenty more episodes to check out in the archive. So just scroll up, find a topic that suits your fancy, and give it a listen. If an episode made a difference in your life, take a screenshot, share it on social, give me a tag at Katie Wilmer Life so I can give you a big virtual hug. And leaving those reviews on iTunes is a chai tea latte to my soul to see your reviews. And thank you so much for each of you who keep coming back week after week and getting some truths for your 20s.